A director puts his work ahead of his health. A captain embarks on a mission to eliminate an AWOL colonel. A towny cycler tries to impress a college girl. A textile worker tries to unionize her factory. And a newly separated father juggles work and being a primary caregiver. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1979. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to, and the winner is Kramer versus Kramer. Look at that. Such lackluster. We had some real audio issues. We really, we really just spent did. twenty minutes figuring out how to get to tape. It was a real journey. I truly just want, and it will never happen. Yeah. I'll never get it. Yeah. But I really just want my husband to say, you know what? I fucked that up. Right. Like, I fucked up the Zoom when I used it last. Yeah. you were the last person to use it. And I'm sorry about that. And I totally could have fixed it for you, no problem, instead of being... Uh, a little bitch and, yeah. and being like, I don't know, Google it. Marriage is a magical thing. Mm -hmm. um, I really want an audio engineer. It'll also never happen. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, but if we just had that. Are you that, saying there's something wrong with my the job that no, I No, 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 you do a great job. I'm just saying that would mean we had reached some sort of success level that we wouldn't have to worry about it. I didn't, it's such a funny thing because I didn't even do much. Like he eventually did figure out that something was wrong, which by the way, also leads me to believe you fucked it up. If you were right. the one that solved the problem, you'd be able to leave M&M in the first place. Yeah. So I do think that I have earned the sneakers and jeans that are sitting in my cart right now. Yeah. Megan's Shop really off. been going back and forth about making this purchase since I got here. She had decided if I, when I went down to get our guest, um, if I brought a check back up because uh, her mail had gotten here, she was going to purchase this stuff. There was not a check. There was only a bill. Um, still going to do it. But she's still going to she's still going to do it. I am living my life, and I do feel like we're very close to like a water world situation. Yeah, sure. And so money won't matter anyway in water world. It's going to be more it's about bartering. Be about, yeah, bartering. And or... people might want those shoes or sure, jeans. Sure, sure. Because I, you know what? In a water world situation, a lot of people are going to have wet denim, mm -hmm. and they're going to need new jeans. New jeans. <laughs> Maybe while I'm online, I can see if I can find one of those things that turns your pee, those machines that turns your pee into water. Yeah. Kevin Costner. People loved Kevin Costner. He was a big thing. I sort of miss watching Kevin Costner in these movies. I know. This is before he did anything, so we're not going to see Kevin Costner mm, what as shame. we go back through the 70s. What a shame. Um, I was in a car accident yesterday. I'm fine. I got rear-ended by a box truck, though. <laughs> <laughs> what Which is a is box truck? Is a box truck a truck that is shipping that, like... Like, like, like not like a semi truck, but like, you know, like if you were to rent like a regular size U-Haul, like that would be a box truck. Oh, okay. So it's like, anytime you get rear-ended, it's, it's jolting. But then when you look up and it's a truck, truck that did yeah, it, it's much, that's, it's much scarier that's in scarier. general. And they're than, higher up and like, cause oh, usually, you have a pretty high car. Yeah. But usually in LA, if you get rear-ended, it's, it's going to be by a Prius. Like. For sure. Eighty-five percent of the time, it's going to be a Prius that rear-ended like you, a and it's going to be a white woman in it who's like, "Why did you stop at that 
stop sign. Yeah, or, or a younger white woman that was like, Influencing on Instagram, like Olivia Jade is usually going to be the one. Guys, into, I want to talk about you. Olivia. I could talk about Olivia Jade for hours. Let's can bring this... in our let's bring in our guest so he can also talk about Olivia Jade. Please, right. I want to talk about Olivia Jade. <laughs> Todd, this is because we all went to college together. We did. Todd Dakota Briscoe is here with us. Hi, everyone. Uh-huh. Todd. What's I your take on the OJ situation? I don't know who Olivia Jade is. What? Lori Laughlin's daughter. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I mean, what a shocker. Rich people have influence. <laughs> I can't believe it. Devastated. I, I tell you what, the biggest groundbreaking thing is I had no idea that Lori Laughlin was married to Massimo. Yeah. Of my seventh grade shirts, Massimo. Yeah. Massimo. Mm-hmm. Were you a Massimo person or more of a Stussy person? I was a Massimo person until, yeah. well, I grew up in conservative Bible Belt, Texas. Yeah. I was allowed to wear Massimo until the rumor started that Massimo was some kind of symbol for the devil, oh. which usually in Amarillo, Texas, things get shut down as soon as they're associated with the devil. Harry yeah. Potter is an yeah. example. Massimo is an example. <laughs> Massimo and Harry Potter. That's the first yeah. time that Massimo has ever been mentioned with Harry Potter. <laughs> and he is somewhere in a holding cell in downtown LA, like, being like, did you see that? He's can we can we get not in a holding cell. Can we get He's Rupert fucking. Grint to throw on a Massimo shirt for Target? <laughs> Rupert Grint. Um, that satanic panic stuff was real for sure in the nineties. Oh, yeah. uh, I wore a lot of J. Crew. I didn't wear Massimo or Stussy. Well, you I, went to. Uh, we should point out that you. We'll get into the movie later, but you probably really um, like felt akin with breaking away because you were also a townie. I was a townie at the high school you went to. I was. And I just think this is so, with all of this stuff happening about this, these terrible, spoiled, whatever. Yeah. This all, like, everybody's so floored. I'm not surprised at all. It's not shocking to me at all. No. These are just the people who got caught. Caught. Yeah. 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 If these people are doing it, think about how many companies that have now not, that, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if it'll come out or whatever, but it's just as like, if it's like 40 people or something that are named in the indictment, I'm like, then there's... Well, the, mo- really the most telling thing about... Or like cockroaches. If you see one, that means there's like 200 that you're not The seeing. most telling thing about all of it was like the Justice Department guy announcing all of it and was like, we're not talking about like them buying a building or something. This is fraud. Yeah. It's like, right, yeah, but go back one. I yeah. Mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to like 90s fashion, uh-huh. I also want to point out that I was really into Jinkos, oh. but I didn't understand that Jinkos were supposed to be... Like saggy, so I wear yeah. my Jinkos with a belt. Oh, cute! Also, That's my cool. middle cool. school website still exists. It's uh-huh. angelfire.com backslash tx slash doc martens. Yeah, so, very. So if you want to see, it's mostly Todd stuff on fashion, and uh, there's a lot of stuff about like Elaine Stritch and. <laughs> you joke, but Adina Menzel <laughs> on a guest tire. And Todd, yeah. you are gay. <laughs> I think so. Mm. I, um, Maybe you should take some time to think it over. Let me put it this way. I had a lot of feelings about Sally Field this, this year. <laughs> so I still have feelings about Sally Field. And I, I came up with a brilliant... I thought of something. And it's maybe the smartest thing I've ever thought of. Let's save that for Norma Ray because I also have something that's going to, I think, blow your mind. Ooh. Um, Todd, about someone else in that movie <gasps> and why he's not a bigger figure in gay culture. Do you think we can get Olivia Jade on the podcast? I need you to do a deep dive on her because she is, first of all, she's stunning. Yeah. Beautiful. 
young influencer daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's apparently too dumb to get into USC on her own. Yeah. So Lori, Aunt Becky had to fake it. Living in LA, I, I think that's the most shocking thing is that um, USC has people being that are getting in because of their parents' influence. That's mm-hmm. just crazy. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like if you're going to go to one of the two, like shoot for the stars, right? Like wouldn't you rather go to... UCLA? Well, USC is a private school, though, and UCLA is a public school. Uh, the Felicity Huffman of it all is the one that surprises me the most. Like, I figured this is like more of like a Marsh Across thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I would, I'm, Felicity I'm sad Huffman about, surprised me. That's and the, and uh, you know what? I'm sad about William H Macy, Bill Mace. Yeah, I love Bill Mace. I also I read the season finale. I read that she, that uh, she was looking at him a lot during the her court proceedings. Which makes me think it was all his idea and that she was just the one that had to do yeah. it because he was like, babe, I can't. I got to shoot 10 hours with my pants down being drunk on Shameless. <laughs> so you got to take care of this. Hey, Fiona's gone and maybe next season Frank might be gone too. Which would be fine. That's He's the worst part of that show. Lit forever. Anyway, sorry. That was Shameless Talk. Um, I can't believe I still watch that show. I watched every season of it. It's show. a good show. The only reason I stopped watching it is because I got rid of Showtime. Shameless was literally the only show I was still watching on Showtime. Yeah. And I was like, well. And I've seen the pilot. So. Yep. Yeah. So basically you I, I get it. Everybody yeah, knows. You, you know, honestly. Absolutely. You do get it. I yeah. Do. You really I do. do. Uh, should we jump into these movies? Yeah, let's do it. Do it. But we, anytime anybody wants to say anything about Olivia Jade. Yeah. Or OJ. This, this, our generation's OJ. Right. That'll be fine. Um, so we're back into the 70s, which is fun because. I think, you know, I've talked about it on the podcast before, going into this, from like 1980 on, there were only like three nominees I hadn't seen, but there's a lot in the 70s. There were two this year I'd never seen before. Yeah. It's kind of fun watching stuff that I really have no idea about kind of going in. I will say I wonder if it sets expectations lower, only because, right. like, that's my one thing, where I'm just like, where I'm like, oh, look. They knew how to use a camera back then. There was color in 1979. (laughs) But I do sort of feel a little bit. I'm one. I'm just wondering because I felt the same way about 1982. We'll get into them specifically. But I literally like, genuinely enjoyed, generally enjoyed, almost all of these movies. And I'm wondering if it's like, if I'm, if I'm just, if it's just because I'm putting the bar low because I'm, I don't know, I don't know. Because it was before you were born. Yeah. And so little at this point is before we were born that um, it's nice to have something. Honestly, I'm done talking about our age. (laughs) I'm done. Um, The first alphabetical nominee is All That Jazz. Now, I want to kind of let Todd start here because All That Jazz was the primary reason that you chose this year. Yes. You asked what year did I want to do, and I said what year was All That Jazz. Yeah. And 12 years ago, um, if you had looked at my OkCupid profile, it would have said, like, favorite movie, all that jazz. If you had come and visited me and Matt Schmidt's apartment in Bushwick, you Uh would have found three copies of all that jazz. Wow, just in case two of them break? (laughs) Just in case. Well, you have, like, the special features edition. You know what I mean? You have, like, the sing-along edition. 12 years later, I don't think it's my favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really don't. Listen, I just went through this yeah. on our last episode. If you had asked me any time before three weeks ago to name my top five favorite movies, The Elephant Man would have been in there. And having rewatched for the podcast, I still think it's a good movie. It is definitely not in my top ten movies no. or beyond. 
So, you know, people change. It's true. Guys, people change. Yeah. Cultures change. Especially, this movie makes me feel, uh, I realize much more what a creep he is. Yeah. yeah. What a disgusting human being he is. Yeah. But you know what? At least he realized that. Yeah. Because for those of you who haven't seen all that jazz, which we'll probably get more into some of this now that we're going further back in history, Bob Fosse directed it and it's basically about himself. It's a version of him directing the movie Lenny while he's also working on, it's supposed to be Chicago, right? Was I think, I think it's big deal because that was the last show he was working on when he died. Oh, well, but this is, this is earlier because he died in 86. Oh, okay. Yes. Musical so I, theater talk. I, I think it, I, I mean, it's not Chicago in the show, but I think he was working on Lenny and Chicago at the same time. Got it. Um, so, and basically like working himself to death as he's doing it. I was pretty pumped for, I really wanted Roy Schneider to come out and go, we're going to need a Vega theater. <laughs> right? That's my Roy Schneider joke. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. He doesn't say that. He though. doesn't say that. Or like, we're going to need Vega tits. Although yeah. some of the tits in that movie were A plus. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they're dancers. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I will say, he gives one of my f like most favorite performances ever. He's I, great in this movie. When I think about Bob Fosse, I think about Roy's performance as him, and sure. that's what I picture. I, I can't really distinguish. Are you excited to watch um, Fosse Verdun, the new Ryan Murphy? Is that how we pronounce it? Fosse Verdun? Well, there's a, is, a, is Verdun? Yeah, I'm going with the French. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Gwen always did that. She was yeah, known for her. Yeah, well, yeah, she's known for her French. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for Fosse Verdun. I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit more. I guess I'm over like the Fosse mystique. Right. Where, where's Where's our Michael Bennett TV series? Well, Michael That's Bennett's in the. Know. You know, John Lithgow is Michael Bennett. Basically, I do. I do, and yeah. I don't like how he was portrayed. Yeah. Well, they didn't like each other, so they were, I did really like the part no, when, when he was like, "You're my favorite director." <laughs> after yeah. Joseph, whatever, yeah, and and his react. John Lithgow is such a great actor. He's so his good. reaction was so. Mm -hmm. Spot yeah. on, and I think he's amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this movie, of maybe all the movies this year, uh, is the most interesting to me. Like, I feel like this is the movie I could watch if I really wanted to write, like, a dissertation, like, on a movie from 1979. Of everything I watched, it would probably be on all that jazz, because yeah. I feel like you could learn more and unpeel, like, a lot more layers, like, each time. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the... When, and I'd be interested to hear from both yeah. of you. What do you think about the framing device of Jessica Lange? Like, I don't love asking. that. I don't love that. I don't love it, but I do love Jessica Lange. <laughs> so on this version, like on this viewing, which was probably like my third or fourth viewing, yeah. but many years later I was like, you know what? Jessica Lange's great. She More really... Jessica Lange. I love Jessica Lange. But she the, looks the same now. I mean, too, I think that, that's yeah. very... Damn, is she like bathing in the blood of the innocent? For yes, sure. absolutely. That's very much absolutely. the... Fellini influence on this film is kind of all that stuff. I mean, the first thing, and obviously it's based on eight and a half, like I kept thinking of nine while I was watching this, the musical, because it is like him and like the women the in women his, his life. life. And yeah. um, the other, I love the erotica number because I love just like all the producers, like 
than like loving the first half of yeah. it and then like, oh wait, and now we go into the orgy. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? What is that show supposed to be about? Like sexy flight attendants? What is the show? Was Fuck the, airlines. Fuck airlines. Yeah. What was the last line of it? Where like there, there's the light at the bottom of the stage, and like all their faces come in. Yeah. And they're like, "We'll get you where you're supposed to go," or but something. But we won't like take that. you anywhere, or yeah. something. And that was the number watching it this time that I was like, oh, "This is bad." Yeah. This is bad. And when Leland Palmer, like the Gwen Verdon character, says, "It's the best thing you've ever done," you son of a bitch or whatever. I was like, if that. I couldn't tell if it was actually supposed to be like really good and deep. Right. Or like, because I watch it and I think, oh, this is very silly. Yeah. yeah. This is very, very silly. Agreed. 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 <laughs> and although, again, Erotica. great tits. Yeah, absolutely. Great mm-hmm. tits. I love, I also like the girl that plays <laughs> Veronica, is that her name or whatever? And who is not, who he sleeps with and is not a very good dancer. And then she's like, yeah, and I don't yeah, know who like she's supposed to be based on because there's like three, the, the Anne ranking characters. And is Anne Rankin, who basically like kind of continued on like Fosse's legacy after his death. Um, The I love the insurance scene while he's in open heart surgery. Yeah, um, where they're talking about how much money they can make Mm -hmm. um, if they never open. If they never open and he dies. Yeah, Um, I've worked with. I won't name his name with a Broadway producer, and I texted Todd after I rewatched all that jazz, and I was like, "This is literally his dream scenario." <laughs> wait, well, I, can, I tried. Wait, I, can, I tried. I cannot weird. open the show and make six hundred thousand dollars off of it. Great, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, love that scene. It reminded me a lot of, and we'll get to this uh, sometime in the next few months. Uh, network, when they're sitting around talking about a network killing. Um, the Peter Finch character. Yeah. Um, and there's actually another, there's another movie I watched this year that has a similar scene. Also, Oh, Being There has like sort of a similar moment uh, that I feel like is sort of network inspired. Um, I like how weird Bye Bye Life is. I don't, that was the part where I was like, this is, this is weird. Some of it feels yeah. like straight up like, I'm sure the movie was already in production, but I was like, did Stanley Kubrick watch this? And Stanley Kubrick said that this was the best movie he had ever seen. At the time it came out, this was he thought this was like the greatest film ever made. But there were certain moments in that that very much remind me also of sort of like the man getting head from the weird dog in The Shining, yeah. like stuff like that. <laughs> right. um, um. I, and I think the very end of this movie Going straight from Bye Bye Life I, into the body bag that is was, the maybe the greatest cut in film history. It's a great <laughs> cut, and I gotta tell you, it made me sad. Yeah. As somebody that's not like I enjoyed watching, I enjoyed the experience of watching yeah. the movie, most of it anyway. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like, he's a dick. And yeah. I'm not like, I'm not invested, even although his daughter is adorable. Yeah. I'm not like really invested in whether or not he lives and or dies. Sure. Right? right. But that is a it's a really sad moment. Yeah. That he sings that that he sings that song in a dream sequence, and then oh, there's his body. I just love how cut and dry it is. That yeah. there's no like, you're getting this whole like musical number, and then it's just like, but this is what really happens: you die, and then you're in a bag. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay if that's how life ends, as long as it ends like a musical number. Yeah, sure. And then a quick cut. I'm great. Yeah, sure, for sure. I would like to get one last word in. I want to have like a really. Like a zinger? Yeah. Like a great, 
like a great <laughs> like a, mic drop like on my deathbed. Like a need a bigger theater. Yeah, like that. Like that. <laughs> just like that. God, that was Perfect. a great line. Something, I hope that somebody reminds good. me of that later on. <laughs> Honestly, it did make me also very jealous of all these people that are getting to be on Broadway because I feel like I could be on Broadway if I could do you think it's your tits? Do you think it's your tits? If I had a better body <laughs> and more talent? Yes. I think if those things were both true, I could see you being on Broadway. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. Look, I could be an I I could I could be an actor. I could do the thing that where he that he does where he walks from the side and like reads the one line. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I also love the line when they're doing like the reading of the show. Her last line, the last line of the play oh, yeah. is, "Only in America can a twenty-four-year-old yes. own a house in Beverly, Beverly Hills." Beverly Hills. I was <laughs> like, "What is this show? What is this play?" Truly, <laughs> like, I do want to see that show. Well, I think I think the whole thing is he thinks everything about it is crap because, like, yeah. even during that, and obviously he's having like a heart episode during it, but everyone's cracking up to every single line yeah. in the yeah. script. You know, like. Who wrote this? It's like, it's like Neil Simon, like show of shows, like wrote this. Because we're not go, go living. We're not going by that he wrote it. He's just no, yeah, it. he's just directing it. Yeah. Um, boy, did they love it though. My dog um, is so upset about all of it. Also, uh, the one other thing I wanted to point out because we we mentioned this um, in a previous film. Um, CCH founder. CCH founder is the nurse <laughs> with like one line that like again I was like. Wow, CCH Pounder really just good for her. She was just getting roles. Look, I These are roles she would never do now. This was also sort of racially uncomfortable. I looked it up. This is her very first role. Good for CCH. CCH, baby. Yeah. She just pops up. I like it. I'm into it. Um, Six years between this and Pritchie's. Pritchie's honor. Pritchie's honor. really wish that I could be, like, that I was, can you dance? I can't dance. Yes. No. No. <laughs> I can't dance. I like Don't ask me. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you. This is me tap dancing. Nobody oh, boy. There this? he goes. It's amazing. Oh He's on the gosh. table. Be flying. Um, oh, you you know who the um, was supposed to be the writer of the musical? Like, like who that character's based off of? No. Stephen I, Schwartz. <laughs> because he also hated Stephen Schwartz. They had a really bad working relationship during Pippin. Um, also interesting, real life, because they were enemies. Did you know that Fosse and Michael Bennett died within like two months of each other? I didn't know. Yeah, Michael Bennett died of AIDS, and then Fosse died of a heart attack like two months later. Wow. And they're just warring in the afterlife. Guys, we all oh. end up in a bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, should we it's move we on? Do, it's what we do while we're here. Should we move on to Megan's favorite movie from 1979? Guys, I can't. Apocalypse Now. Can't. Can't. Here's my thing about this movie. And then, this, and then I'll let you talk. I'm not going to say anything else yeah. about it because I don't have, I really yeah. don't have much to say. Yeah. Look, war films are not my favorite anyway. Right. Although, I, I mean, I did pick, I did, did really like Platoon. I did yeah. pick Platoon. I think Full Metal Jacket is good. There are exceptions right. to this, like, but you know, then I hate the thin red line. I yeah. think what I don't like is dudes jerking themselves off over to, like, like oh, war, and, right. like, trying to be, trying to, I don't want to say overcomplicated, but, like, over-dramatize it and, and, sure. and make it something, whatever. I, when I was in high school, I had to, I loved... 
I was a really big nerd and I loved almost everything that I was ever assigned to read. I read Heart of Darkness and it was the only, it's the only movie, the only book that I remember being assigned in high school that I hated. Mm -hmm. And then we watched Bob Looks Now and I hated it. And then I watched it again and got halfway through and I was like, I'm not going to do this to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to choose me. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I choose me. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I already saw Hot Hot Harrison Ford in the first few minutes. Yeah, he doesn't come back. And he doesn't come back. And uh, so I did it. And then, and I, I'd rather watch a movie that was, isn't there a movie about the making? Or maybe that's just, yeah, there's a movie about the making. That's more interesting to me. I hate this movie. I know dudes like it. There's a funny Onion article about like, dude wants to show his girlfriend fucking Apocalypse now. I'm fine with me being a basic bitch and thinking that this movie is a fucking shit show. I don't care for it. Mic drop. So and I'm sh- dead. I'm a ghost. <laughs> I was a ghost the whole time. Oh, plot twist. Uh, I showed Craig the last thing I Googled, which was, is Apocalypse Now good? <laughs> because I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Woo! That is, that feels great. I'm much more fascinated by the making of this movie. And here I found this paragraph about Bless. the making of it that really kind of sums it up for me. Originally, Coppola wanted the film to be a special event by having to play in exactly one theater somewhere in Kansas in the geographical center of the country, built especially for the film with a specially made sound system where the film would run continuously for 10 years. Fuck and you. then hopefully anybody who wanted to show the film in their theaters would have to approach Coppola and exhibit it on his terms. Fuck you. That is the most bloated, conceited, I did not care for this movie. That is so gross, I will never drink his wine again. (laughs) I've been to his winery, it's a lovely place, never again. You're gonna drink his wine again. Okay, I'm probably gonna drink his wine again. uh, We should point out that the version I gave both of you guys also is the Redux version, um, which is 50 minutes longer than the original. Oh my god, I thought that, I was like, this... I don't yeah. even remember it being. Yeah, the original theatrical cut is like two and a half hours, um, but I just—that's not the one that I owned. Well, um, so these are some of the scenes. Um, what the whole? I, I, I chose. Ahead. I chose me. Over oh, and you watched the, the theatrical version. cut. Cool. Because I, I realized that you gave us the Redux version. Right. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I, yeah. I, before you started. Fine. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Buy the jeans. Buy the white sneakers. Don't watch Apocalypse Now. Don't watch Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now. Life um, is too short. You uh, learned that from Roy Schneider. Uh, so I, yeah. uh, I'll just say for uh, maybe people listening who have watched the Redux version who are not aware, because I don't know that, well, so a lot of that opening stuff is not on the Redux version with Martin Sheen, which you did see. Yes. Um, where he like breaks the glass and like all that was just basically him improving and getting drunk and bleeding. Like it was real blood. Too much. That's his real blood? Yeah. And I don't, I just don't. There's that big, there's that big playmate. <laughs> Set piece. What is going Scout on? Is Scout so upset about <laughs> apocalypse now. About. Yeah, um, the there's a big playmate set piece kind of early on where like they meet like the playmates and then later on in the movie they see them again. But I think that's fully not in the Redux or not in the regular version. And then there's a really extended scene on like this French plantation that's I also believe not in the theatrical cut basically hey, at all. Me. Hey, hey, <laughs> knock it the fuck off. Sorry. She lives a lovely life if you're worried that I'm yelling at her. (laughs) Guys, you just got to peek behind the curtain. Things aren't all rosy here all the time. Um, Here's the stuff I like about this movie. 
Okay. This better be short. Because I actually also don't love this movie. Um, I, I think it's probably too long as a two and a half hour movie. Definitely as a three hour and 20 minute movie is much too long. Um, I think Robert Duvall is great in this movie. I do too. I thought all he was like great. the Charlie Don't Surf stuff. Like I think he's very funny. Like there's something very. I just like the like comedy of his stuff. And I've never seen him like this. So yeah. for me, it was like I, I can't believe that's him. I yeah. really liked him. Um, Harrison Ford's hotness better be on this list. I didn't put that because he's literally in it for like three minutes. Oh my god, he wears glasses. I love it. When he wears I think glasses. early on this whole idea of like the descent into madness and how it affects individuals is interesting. I just think it's way too played out. Um, and then there, I think the cinematography in this movie is good. I think there's some cool shots, like uh, when they arrive and meet Dennis Hopper, who I think is also pretty good in this movie in like sort of a gonzo way towards the end. Um, but like the VC, there's like VC, like just like hanging around, like literally just like a nude, like Vietnamese guy, like hanging in the background of like a regular, just like, I just think that's a cool setup shot. Marlon Brando, I think, is like absolutely off his meds in this movie, but I do like the part where <laughs> where uh, he has Sheen locked up and he goes, the heads, you're looking at the heads. Sometimes in these, like sometimes I go, or, or that might be Hopper actually. One of them was like heads, you're looking at the heads. Sometimes they go overboard and there's just like all these like heads, like decapitated heads lying around. And they're like, oh, I know, like it seems like it's too much. Um, but a lot of the iconic shots in this movie now feel like really over the top. Like the big one is like Martin Sheen coming out of the river. Yeah. That like has been parodied a bunch of times, yeah. like probably most famously in Hot Shots because it's his son. Yeah. But that feels super over the top watching it now. Um, also, um, I was talking, the they've got the whole scene with the cows at the end where they like when chop, when, they, when they're the, macheting the cow at the yeah. same time. And then I just wrote down, Apocalypse Now, is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is that better than we're gonna need a bigger theater? No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. That's we're not gonna need right. A bigger theater it's still. still. No, yeah. Still, yeah. No, yours is really good. Um, yeah, it's fuck just. Fuck you and fuck this movie. It's too long. It's, uh, it feels like something like a guy would do after he got. You know, three Best Picture nominations in three years. He had two nominees in 74 and then Godfather in 72. And then was like, I'm going to go make my movie now. I can, like, I basically have, like, a blank check. I can do what I want. It's like, oops, someone should have uh, not yeah, cut yeah, that check. Yeah, should have given me less of a check. Yeah. Rain them in. Rain them in. Yeah. Uh, going back to Brando, my favorite thing I read about him is when he showed up to set, they were surprised to see how overweight he was. Yes. Uh -huh. So <laughs> then they made the decision, you know what, we're just going to film him in shadows. <laughs> and all of this stuff is so dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I just. You don't like it, it's okay. I, I, know, I, don't, just, I don't love it. I'm just interested in. I think I only like parts of it. Again, like like Scarface and, and other other movies I'm not thinking of at the time. Yeah. I'm interested in the cult behind it sure. more than the actual movie. Yeah. Like, I'm interested in the person. I want to know... Actually, I don't want to know them. Right. But I'm, I'm, I would, <laughs> I'm more interested in the person that this is their favorite movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm like, what's, oh, what's I'm, doing with you? Yeah. I'm not interested in that person <laughs> at all. I'm done with that person in my life. I mean, I don't want to meet... I don't want to meet that person in a dark alley. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I... That's... It's just... I felt that way too. I think who who was our guest when we talked about the Thin Red Line? Did they like it? I forget. I no, think Alex, and it was Andy, and he and, also hated it. Right, right. Somebody I was talking to, maybe it was Alex, 
I think know, he hated it. Liked this movie, like and I just am always. Oh, he loved that. Alex loved that. Yeah, Girl. loves that. He probably loves Apocalypse Now too. Yeah, I mean that's just such a. Yeah, I think Apocalypse Now is a really good cinema studies uh, lesson to show like scenes from. I think there's like four scenes you could pull from this to be like, this is interesting filmmaking, but no one really needs to watch the whole thing. No, that's a good call. Unless you're doing a mm -hmm. podcast about it. And, w and even then, you choose you. Yeah. <laughs> you choose how you L want to spend listen. Your life. You put on, you watch, you know, the first half of this, watch until Duval gets his uh, surfing board stolen. I, I, I do like the surfing stuff. Yeah. I thought that was amusing. Yeah. But and, and then scoot to the end and then, of the And then the put horror. on an Olivia Jade video and learn how to do like a smoky eye. I don't, I've never seen any of her makeup tutorials mm -hmm. yet, but I did see the video where she gives us a tour of her dorm room. And that was some I can't pretty... believe she lives in a dorm. No. Do you have to live in a dorm for well, a year at USC? Well, it was really furnished by Amazon. Oh, great. Oh. Um, and so she She is... had sponsorship for her dorm? Yeah, uh-huh. Wow. So, um, yeah, that was very interesting. So I, I... Should I ever find myself in a dorm room again? Maybe you can get sponsorship from Amazon. Oh, I just I was going to say I know how to decorate it. Thanks to Olivia yeah. Jade. Thanks, OJ. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Breaking Away. Um, before we do anything, as the um, straight male on the podcast today, let me just say, Dennis Quaid, a wooga. <laughs> good God, Dennis Quaid! What's doing? What's good? I would yeah. hit it. Uh, me too. I loved this movie. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Todd, I we are it. friends. Oh my gosh. This was, I said this to Craig, I think that we've done this, how many years now? Has this been 30, 30 this years? This is the 30th, the 30th year we've gone back I to. I think yeah. this is my most favorite surprise because I knew nothing about it going in. I'm, it's not my favorite movie that we've seen, but it's my favorite movie that I didn't, that I had never seen before, maybe. Like, because I just was like, what an enjoyable, what a time, mm -hmm. what a... What a ride I was taking. When on. Craig gave me all the DVDs to watch, I looked at the cover of this one and I said, oh, oh great. <laughs> I was like, that bicycle movie. Turns out, I cried. I loved this movie so much. And the lead guy, I can't think of his name right now. Dennis Christopher. Dennis Christopher. He never got to be in it. Of the four of them, he's the least, the fam least famous That's one. It's true. He's so good. He was great. Yeah. I really had a laugh out loud moment too where he was like, oh, he's going to see the Italians and his mom's gardening and he's like, he like crosses himself and is like, oh, they're here and he crosses himself and she goes, oh, Dave, try not to become Catholic on us. <laughs> and I laughed really hard. I thought it was really enjoyable. It's my favorite discovery. I don't like this movie. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> um, I mean, it's crazy to me. I, uh, I didn't really like it. It feels like just a sitcom to me about a I mean, this child has a, this kid has a mental disorder. Like, he has an untreated mental disorder that is not being, they're not doing anything about. He's an insane person. He's just running around screaming Italian because he likes cycling. Yeah, and he likes yeah. Italian culture. I, he's like yeah. a 22 year old man who, this is, he's, he's behaving a like a nine year old boy. He's 19 <laughs> and he's lost and he's trying to find himself. Yeah. And he found something he likes. He found something he's passionate about. Mm -hmm. So he's just trying to like, 
dive into that. I have to tell you, we've talked about eighth grade on this podcast, mm-hmm. and and people have said to me like, you don't like it because that wasn't your experience or whatever, and and maybe that's true. Was this more your experience? Yes, I first were, of all, big like, time love. francophile, loved yeah. love fr- French stuff, yeah. and I was for a lot when I was like a young dorky teenager, I would do like. You know, did you ever go up to like? Did you ever go up to the campus of like UNH and like pretend like you were a French girl to like trick some coat like some guy like into thinking you were from France? No, but truly, if I had that this idea from this movie, yeah, I might have. I that young Megan was hard up for some D. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? The, the whole thing. I think the whole <laughs> thing. The whole yes, thing for me um, is it's not that I think the movie is bad. It just seems like a really weird best picture nom for me because I feel like it basically has the plot of Revenge of the Nerds or Old School. It's just like this I group of guys Rudy. versus... It's not Rudy. It's a little bit Rudy. Yeah. It's like the underdog guy. But I don't think he's an underdog. He's a really good cyclist. He's won all these competitions. Yeah, but he's an underdog in life. To me, because it won Best Screenplay too, which is a surprise to me. Yeah. I'm happy about it. It reminds me of like Juno. Like I feel like when it, this came out, yes. they must have been like, what a refreshing screenplay. Yes. Look at this quirkiness. That yeah. I see more. Yeah. yeah. And, I re- and I really did have an emotional thing too when he when he... When the Italians fucked him yes. over and he said to his dad, he goes, everybody cheats. I just didn't know. And, and he's been calling his dad, Papa, Papa, the whole movie. Yeah. And yeah. that very moment he goes, Dad. Dad. Burst, I burst into tears. The look, like the tears in his face, I thought it was one of the most, like it'll stick with me as one of my five favorite moments in film. Oh, ever. I love I it. Because I love so the dad from, is the dad from 16 Candles. He's also great in it. What does he say? He says, like, I wanted you to be miserable. I just didn't want you to be this miserable yeah. or something. Is it, but it's also weird how much the father hates Italians, right? Italians, which is yeah. what my grandfather says. I, I think he just hates his son trying yeah. to be an Italian. Yeah. Also, that would get I irritating. Like he, oh, yeah. 100%. I wrote, weird that dad hates Italians so much, but also his son is a weirdo. I think the dad. The dad also reminds me of the dad was very sitcommy. Like yes. the very last yeah. part. Well, of the all movie. of those at home scenes in particular feel like they could have been ripped from. Sort like, of like eighth grade. The dad's very sitcommy. Just saying. I, I felt like the parents. I felt like the parents knew they were being sitcommy. Well, like I feel the like they're. I, I like feel like they're supposed to be like big, which is why it's weird to me. It feels like like Rodney Dangerfield could have played the father, and I would have been like. Yeah, okay. I really buy him as the dad because again, he is the he is Molly Ringwald's dad in Sixteen Candles. And so I'm like, oh, like my brain just goes like, oh, like eighties, seventy-nine, I guess, dad. And and then when he like drops in with his son, because he is like over the top making jokes the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. The miserable when he drops in and he has like real moments with his son, it just it made those moments so much more poignant yeah. to me. Because yeah. He was, here's a character that is over the top trying to make jokes and he just suddenly it was beautiful and real to me. One thing I will say is when he eventually goes to tell the girl that he's not Italian and yeah. he's like speaking to her in his regular non-accented yeah. voice, she's like, you sound funny. <laughs> it, take, like, it takes her like a full like 12 exchanges yeah. for her to even notice that he's not doing the accent. Yeah. And you know why? Because his accent's not very good usually when he's Italian. Here, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. And that is not, that's fine. Like, yeah. she doesn't, you know, whatever. I bet her parents bribe somebody to get her into that college. Yes. She is the original 
She is the OG OJ. Yeah. She is the original OJ. Yeah, she's she's not the quickest. Not the brightest bulb on the tree. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable, though. It's just like, it was. Just, I, I, I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent where I'm like, I don't know that this is, it's, it seems weird to be not, that it's nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It seems like, a, like in the way that I think, was Juno? Yeah, Juno was nominated. Yeah. I think that was fine, but kind of a weird choice. Right. But this was an enjoyable, the movie was very enjoyable. It's a very fun movie to mm-hmm. watch. I recommend you watch it. Me too. It's the only movie that I was going to get on Facebook. Hot take. Check out this <laughs> new movie from 1979, guys. Well, Anyone else talking about this? Striking away. <laughs> they made it into a TV show. Did they really? Yeah. I, that's what I read. No. I don't know anything about it. I don't know who was in it, but they made it into a TV show. I wrote these oh. four. Also, Daniel so Stern was... So, remember when he gets his finger stuck with a bowling ball? Yeah. He's like, I can't get them out. And yeah. he's just like hitting people with a bowling, with a bowling ball. ball? It's like, he needs to... That's assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, Totally. Like, um, I wrote these four things down, and honestly, I don't really remember what any of them mean. These are the last four things I wrote about this movie. The race. Mm-hmm. The last race. The pregnancy. Uh, mm-hmm. His, his oh, parents his, get yeah. pregnant late in life, and that's also very important to him. To yeah. have a, that was a little strange. Because Italian families stick together. Yeah. That's true. The bad guy with the redeeming smile. Oh, yeah. Then they, they win, and he goes to the thing, and the, and the guy, the jerk from college was like, all right. You won. <laughs> you won. And then won. the fact that it ends with a freeze frame. With the dad, right? Yes, the that dad could, giving like a double take? Yeah. That feels like it's, it, it's a TV movie. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. Loved I laughed it. out loud Laughed out loud. Laughed out loud. Made me so happy. I think maybe there is elements of the TV movie, but I think maybe the screenplay is what elevate. It is. There are some parts that I legitimately that I really lolled. Yeah. I was like, this is like a funny. You just lolled all over. I lolled. I was lolling. There was also the part with Daniel Stern talking about how um, for his dad's birthday he's going to give him another reason to be disappointed in him. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I thought that they gave each one of those characters like a, just a little moment mm-hmm. that was. A backstory and like a glimpse into their lives that, that distinguished that, them. That distinguished them and made me really give a shit about them. Yeah. And without it being, and those moments were actually not too made-for-TV movie. Yeah. You know what I mean, those were small, subtle. Yeah. Really you know, you know what also was uh, only made for cable, Dennis Quaid's body. <laughs> I was into it. You know where he's from? Dennis Quaid, Texas. Houston, Texas. He has kind of gone off the reservation, though, as of late, right? Well, not, no. You're thinking of Randy Quaid. No, but he's I also... absolutely insane. There's some weird stuff. Dennis Quaid's got, he's got a couple movies coming out. He's got some, he's got a dog's, the new Dog's Purpose movie. Oh, he's in all those okay, fucking good. Capital One commercials. Is it Capital One that he's in? Yeah, and he's got, he's got a movie coming out where he uh, stalks a black couple that move into his old house. Oh, yeah, that looks yeah. interesting, actually. So, Dennis Quaid, still working. Mm-hmm. Body's not as banging anymore, DQ. though. He's still, but facially, yeah, he's still very handsome man. Randy really got like that's like a tw- that's like a yeah. twin scenario. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, um, the last nominee of the year, Norma Ray. Hot take. Ready for this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sally Field is the previous generation's Anne Hathaway. I, in that she's good, 
but she tries She's so trying. hard. And, and and reminds me of, remember when Anne Hathaway won and she said, it came true. Oh, yeah. And what? Sally Field wins and she goes, you like me. She They both are just, I, I enjoy both of them and I, I, I their performances and things, I think they're good. Yeah. But this, it, it's kind of, I kind of, I'm comparing her a little bit to Sissy Spacek, who we just did in Coal Miner's Daughter, who it just, like, it seems so effortless for her. Sure. And I really liked Sally Field in this, and I really did like this movie. Yeah. But you saw, I just, I feel like when I watch Sally Field, I'm like, you are giving it 110. Yes. I think, I think it's Anna Hathaway with maybe a, 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 big dash of like an Emma Stone or Jennifer Lawrence because I think Anne Hathaway and I don't agree with this I love Anne Hathaway but kind of almost from the beginning like had people being like this girl tries too hard and she Sally Field was really well liked like from Smokey and the Bandit and stuff like that so I think people were actually rooting for her a little harder than for whatever reason they rooted for Anne Hathaway sure Um, but but I think it's I think it's an apt comparison I agree. Yeah. And I couldn't separate this movie from Sally Field. Like, yeah. for me, yeah. Norma Ray is how is Sally Field? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I tried to distance them, but I, I couldn't. But she's really in every scene. Yeah. There's yes. like nothing that's not her yeah. in this movie. She's great in it. She's great. It is a little, I think it was, and I think she does a really good job with it. The whole like, Single mom who sleeps around has got two. I was like, I don't know that I'd buy that. Sweet Sally Field would do that, but she made it work. Don't slut shame oh, Sally yeah. Field. I'm not slut shaming her. She can fucking slut shame. I'm, saying, had, I'm saying she's too pure. If to I play was such a slut, let me tell you something. If I was, <laughs> if I had her body in that movie, and part of this is, uh, it, she is so thin. Yeah. I would, I would be naked all the time. I wanted. I'm a gay man who wanted to see her topless. Right? She is beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. And those boobs were those boobs were per- perfect. Perfect. Up and what going. What if what if she and Dennis Quaid did a movie <gasps> together during this time? Cannot. The hotness level would be overload. Yeah. Can't think about it. Think about the, what those kids would look like. Why didn't they have kids? Uh, she's. I think. I think she's got like maybe ten years on Dennis Quaid. Really? Yeah. Because she's like, I think in her like late twenties, early thirties in this movie. But she looks yeah much younger. Yeah. Um, Great shiny, beautiful hair. mm -hmm. I want to talk about Ron Liebman. I don't. Who plays the union organizer? Oh. Because a, he should have had a bigger career. He's great in this movie. He's He's great. great. Yeah. But he's the other person I want to talk about. And why he should be a more important figure in gay history. Because I feel like a lot of people maybe don't know this. Is he gay? I don't know. Do you know who Ron Liebman, his ex-wife, was? Maybe, I think he, they might have still been married, but they might have been divorced at the time of this movie. Liza Minnelli. Linda Lavin. <laughs> no. Do you know who he's been married to since 1983? Who? Jessica Walter. What? <laughs> Shut. Wow. They're still married? So he basically went from the Jewish version of an actress to the Wasp version of an actress. <laughs> wow. Now, what else has he done? Because yeah. I, that was one of my big, like, I and loved I was their like, chemistry. I, I love their chemistry. I really wanted them to bang. Yeah. It did yeah. not happen. Yeah, sorry, Bo Bridges, but... Um, no, Bo Bridges. movies were. Um, he hadn't done, like, a ton of other things. Like, I think he was on... Um, 
Uh, maybe I'm speaking. While you're looking that up, I also yeah. want to just say my little piece about unions. Yeah. Unions are very important. Yeah. As somebody whose union is dying because uh, people are not taking it seriously and are flouting it and are and are and I think what's happening is everybody's being let in to SAG. And so there's no stakes in it anymore and people are are fucking over the union by working off the card. Uh, I just want to say if you're one of the people that are doing that, fuck you. Please stop that. Um, take yourself more seriously and take your career seriously. And uh, don't screw it up for the rest of us. That's my bit about unions. Unions are important. Go unions. Yay, unions. You can't see it, but I'm standing on the table right now with a sign. And speaking yeah. of just standing on the table, I when she gets up on the table and everyone goes silent and mm. she it's just quiet. She turns off they turn their shit. That was the moment where I was like, okay, I don't believe this is how it would go down at all. And then I looked up like the true story and like that's the real part. Yeah. <laughs> quiet. That's the real part. Which like, is oh what a cool okay. thing. What a that's a really great filmmaking choice too because every other time that we've been in that factory it's been so fucking loud yeah. Yeah. and they're just yeah. yelling over the whole thing it's such a powerful moment to have that factory go silent yeah also I was really scared about I was really scared that this was going to be Sally Field as her character in Still Magnolias mm -hmm. set in a factory uh -huh. and the, the first scene with her mom where like her mom can't hear she's she plays that at a 10 yeah. Like right out of the gate, it's like Sally Field yelling, they don't care about us. Yeah. Right. So I was very surprised to see how subdued she was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, it, well, you know, there's the part where they're pulling her out, but like even that moment, she's <coughs> she's very subtle and subdued, yeah. which was nice. She did scream, drink your juice, Shelby, at her mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was weird. I didn't understand that. Like, I was like, I didn't think her mom's name was Shelby, scream. but I hadn't been paying it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ron Liebman, uh, during the filming, right after filming this movie, was on a show called Kaz, where he played the character Kaz, Kaz. Martin Kaczynski. Uh, it appears it only lasted for one season. Mm, um, he was in Zorro, the gay blade. Gay, gay and then he just basically did like a bunch of like, probably whatever roles in the 80s. He was in Rhinestone. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> Rhinestone. Uh -huh. um, and then it looks like he kind of just bounced around and like did like whatever roles. And couple he's still couple episodes to of Murder Walter? She Wrote. Um, he was Doctor Cohen in Garden State. I mean, he's he's a working actor. He just um, never he played like Doctor Leonard Green. So that's maybe Rachel's father on Friends. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's what uh, that's what he does. He's done the voice of he used to had had nine episodes of uh, Archer. Which I'm sure his wife helped yeah. get him in on. But good on, well, good he's on great in this movie. He should have had a better career. Yeah, Agreed. he's really he's really enjoyable. They have great yeah they have great chemistry. It's a it's an enjoyable movie. It's an enjoyable movie. My big takeaway because I I watched Silkwood for the first time ever right. when we did that year, even though it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, and to me it's slightly less affecting than Silkwood, probably because Karen Silkwood. <laughs> gets run off the road and murdered at the end of her movie. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, for this year, I also watched um, The China Syndrome, which I'd never seen. And Silkwood is basic, is based on a real story, but it's basically Norma Ray meets The China Syndrome. So I was like, oh, whoever like optioned The Silkwood story was like, hey, these two movies did really well. We should, we should just put them together and make one movie. Yeah. Um, well, I understand why it's nominated. I, there's worse movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And she won Best Actress this year, so yeah. We liked her. We really liked her. Yeah. Good for Sally. 
I like her. Um, that brings us to the winner of the year, which is Kramer versus Kramer. Was it bad that I went off on a whole union tear? But I really no. I feel very no. strongly about... Fuck the capitalist pigs. I actually wrote that down. Fuck the capitalist pigs? You wrote yeah. that down? Yeah. Okay. Still really... I don't always feel that way, but watching boring, Norma Ray... It's a boring take I to have, but I, yeah. yeah. But I'm just like, also yeah. like, guys, kill the bring, rich. Bring us on... more about Olivia Jade. Guys, bring <laughs> us on Chapo. <laughs> Unions. Uh, Craig and Megan, go on Chapo. <laughs> Uh, I've never seen Kramer versus Kramer before. My hot take on this one is it should it could use a lot more Meryl Streep. I would have liked more Meryl Streep, but um, I love the little kid who's also in Sixteen Candles, uh-huh. um, the brother, and I thought he was he did a really great job. And I think that uh, Maddie, when I was watching this movie, was like, "Did she get to the French toast scene yet? Did she get to the French toast scene yet?" And that scene is. Amazing. It's yeah. probably the best scene in the, in this slate of best picture lineups for me. Anyway, it's it's a it's a gorgeously done, and it, it's so textbook. Like this is this is what uh, sub sub. Yeah. What I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? You know. Submarine. <laughs> submarine. This is what a submarine, submarine. is. Submarine. There's a lot. Subtlety. Of there's a subtlety, there's, and there's also just a lot under the surface. It's yeah. all... And it boils up. my favorite war movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's also so pretty. Young Meryl Streep is so beautiful. Yeah. This is a movie, this is the second or third time I've seen it, mm-hmm. and it's always engaging to me. Mm-hmm. I really do love this movie. It's very hard for me to separate what I know about the making of it from the movie. Yeah. So let's get into it. So TV. So uh, Dustin Hoffman seems like a complete monster. <laughs> the scene where, first of all, I identify with Joanna from the very top because he looks like he could be violent. Yeah. Yeah. From that very first scene, I'm like, oh, get the hell out of there, Joanna. It's that Napoleon complex Run of away. like, you're a, you're a short, small little man yeah. and you're going to make yourself heard one way or the other. The scene where he he hits, throws the glass and it shatters and it goes into her hair, he told the camera person, uh, so make sure you have the glass in the shot. He didn't tell Meryl Streep he was going to do that. Fuck that. So he does that. Her response of like visibly being shaken at a, yeah. a glass being thrown is very real. Um, nope. The scenes with the little boy, when the little boy's crying, he would go up to the little boy and be like, do you like working on this movie? We're all like a family, right? You know, they, they're never going to see each other again, right? And he would like whisper like all these cruel things to the kid to get him in like that space. Now, see, that's awful, but I will say this is maybe the best child acting performance ever captured on film. No, it's, it's a, he's so, amazing. He's amazing at so, it. So he hit on something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. He is a fantastic child actor. Yeah. yeah, he's such a great. He does such a great job. Yeah, and again, he, the only other thing that I recognize that kid from is Sixteen Candles. Right. Um, where he just is like the bratty brother. Yeah. I will say, that doesn't surprise me about Justin Hoffman. We were talking before about Alex told the story of how he got him fired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. I remember when that remember when that video came out, and I think David O. Russell is also a fucking dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that video of the two of them screaming at each other on the set of... Um, I Heart Huckabees. I Heart yeah. Huckabees. And everybody was like, oh, David O. Russell. It's like, no, Dustin Hoffman is a prick. Fuck right. that guy. Yeah. Meryl Streep forever. Don't throw um, I, I think it was re- interesting rewatching this movie because I probably hadn't seen it in 
15, 20 years. Because um, basically all I remembered was like, you know, the mother abandons the son. And it's like at the beginning, you're like, oh, I mean, this guy's a prick. Like, I get why she had to get out of this relationship. Yeah, but you that don't being get... said, like, yeah. if he was violent and stuff like that, like... Don't leave your son. Yeah, take take your kid with you. Yeah. Like, so there is stuff on both sides of that. The, um, the thing that stood out to me just based on some of, like, the Hoffman stories we've heard... Um, since uh, was actually when he gets hired for the second job and then he randomly kisses that woman at the Christmas party oh, on his yeah. way out. I was like, that part has not aged well. <laughs> he probably would have been immediately shown out of the premises yeah. and like, you didn't get the job anymore. The job's gone. <laughs> Sorry, you can't just like kiss random people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I asked this question. Um, is it worth it to have kids if there's any chance of divorce? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just, it's such a funny thing. I don't know. I've never, I'm always like, just share custody. You guys live in the same city. Yeah. And you have great uh, public transportation in in Manhattan. Like, just share custody. I I actually, uh, this is what I would say. I would be more apt to have a kid if I was getting divorced because it seems like, and I mean, please, please do at me and tell me, but it feels like, it's kind of the best of both worlds because you get your kid, right? Beautiful kid, and you get mm-hmm. to hang out with them. And then, like, every week or so, you get to be like, bye now. <laughs> and then you have, like, a babysitter that you don't have to pay. A babysitter for days yeah. called your ex-spouse that will go Unless you're making money and then you're paying them a bunch, and right? Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unless they get remarried, and then it's like, great, yeah. go off with, well, with dad and his new wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go live, uh, I'm going to go to Vegas for the weekend and fuck a 22-year-old. Yeah. That's what I would do. Sure. Would you tell your child that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'd say it under my breath. Just so you I'd know. go, go off with your Just so you know. Actually, I think the French toast scene is great for every reason said. My two favorite scenes are actually the letter scene, when he's like reading the letter oh. from her. I think she, that's he turns the TV back like on and doesn't want to hear it. Devastating. Yeah. And I think the kid, I mean, Dustin Hoffman's great in that scene too, like as he's reading more of a letter, but the kid is so good in that he scene. Um, and the park scene at the end when he's like telling him about how he's going to go live with his mom, I think oh, that's yeah. really heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really, and I like when he falls, when the kid falls too, and he yeah. runs him to the hospital. Yeah. That's a, I mean, th- it's sad that he's a dick because that relationship does seem so, does get to such a beautiful Place. It, what I really like about this movie is I do go back and forth. Yes. Like, even though it's hard for me to separate Dustin Hoffman from this, right. I, I, there are moments where I'm like, I really love them together. What yeah. a beautiful yeah. relationship. And that's that's um, something I think this movie does really great is I see both sides. Yeah. yeah. And even in the stuff in the court, like the different witnesses that the lawyers are called, and yeah. like at times you're like, what the fuck? What? what? Like, you can't be, like, early on, like, his lawyer attacks, I think, her, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus. And then when they attack uh, Mrs. Phelps on the stand about like when he fell off and yeah. all that stuff, you're like, Ugh. Speaking of that court scene, two other uh, tidbits. So oh, I love that I love that you're coming ma- with like prepared I bits. Love tidbits. I love Meryl Streep. I just called her Meryl Strip. <laughs> hey, um, I'd see that. I'd watch that. The, yeah. The scene where she's on the stand kind of explaining her point of view, Meryl Streep wrote that. Because, really? Yeah, she wrote that because That's she says, like some of the best stuff. Exactly. She was like, I think this is great, but here's a problem. Like, we have to make her less of a monster. Yeah. We have yeah. to explain why she left. So Meryl Streep wrote that. Oh. 
Um, She's amazing. Dustin Hoffman, because this Meryl Streep was pretty new, you know what I mean? Yeah. She'd yeah. only done like the Deer Hunter. Yeah. Um, her partner, John Cazal. Cazal, had recently, very recently passed away. Yes. So Dustin Hoffman would mention his name right before her takes to get her to cry, which is a super oh dick move. God. And Meryl Streep does not need that. No, I was going to say, if anybody can fucking just cry on cue and doesn't need to like rely on on bullshit tricks, it's fucking Meryl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Although, you, and I mean, it's particularly another movie. She's also amazing in that. We'll, She's so we'll great. talk about maybe a little bit later, but Alien came out this year and did you know, it was between Sigourney Weaver and Meryl Streep for Ripley and one of the main reasons they went with Sigourney Weaver, which I think ultimately is probably the better choice. Like yeah, Meryl Streep yeah. would have been super interesting, but yeah. um, particularly when you think of Aliens, like there's no way Meryl Streep does that movie. <laughs> um, but it was because John, John Cazaw had died so recently that they were just worried about her like being able to get through it. Wow. Like, I um, love old Hollywood shit. That yeah. is so, that's very cool. Um, I also, even though we talked about what a monster he is, like I love the last line of this movie. You look terrific. Yeah, it's not it's, a great. I don't love. It's the not ending. a great it's ending, a great, but I, I think like it's a. I think it's a sweet line. Yeah, and it shows like you know, despite everything that they've gone through, there was love there once. And yeah, yeah, it's a really good movie. I don't know what to say. It's a really good no, movie. No, we, we always run into this issue because yeah. we don't ever have. Thank God, Todd was here with the uh, tidbits. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we uh, move on to any other movies from the year, let's rank. The nominees from 1979. Todd, we'll begin with you. Five to one. How would you rank the movies? Uh, Apocalypse Now. Uh huh. Norma Ray. Mm-hmm. All that jazz. Mm-hmm. Kramer versus Kramer. Okay. And then Breaking Away. Okay. Yay! <laughs> I really did love that movie. Um, there go. Okay, I think five is um, not going to come as a surprise to you. <laughs> it's Apocalypse Now. Yeah. I think four is all that jazz. Uh-huh. I think three is Norma Ray. Mm-hmm. I think two is Breaking Away. And I think one is Kramer versus Kramer. Um, guys, this is not going to come as a surprise to you, but uh, my list is different than yours. <laughs> um, my five is Breaking Away. Oh, my God, you wow. idiot. You moron. Uh, my four is Apocalypse Now. Three, I also have Norma Ray. Two, I have All That Jazz. And one, I also have Kramer versus Kramer. Mm, it's a real. It was a real mix em up for us. Yeah. L- listen, Breaking Away was also like the shortest film, which might be. No, it's, that's not true. Oh, really? Kramer versus Kramer is even short. Is shorter. It's an hour forty five. Actually, again, I appreciated that. Other than Apocalypse Now, all of these. All these others were are under two. Under two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That rarely, Todd. Let me just tell you. Well, I think happens. I think it's gonna getting back into the seventies. It's gonna happen maybe more often. Great. Because the seventies were more, sort of like pre-independent film, independent film, um, and kind of gets away. And then the 80s went back to like the 50s, 60s epic yeah. style. Yeah. Um, Todd, were there any other movies from the uh, uh, 1979 that you wanted to mention that you thought maybe should have been in the picture? Um, well, I just want to say another reason this is a wonderfully gay year <laughs> is this was the year Bette Midler was nominated for The Rose, mm-hmm. which I've never seen. Oh, my God. Which I feel like I disappointed myself by not watching that before this, so I could not 
I should have come in here with a lot of strong opinions. Do you want to sing opinions. a little bit of it? Or? Some say love okay. is a river. You want to know my story about uh, that song? Yes. When I was a freshman at New York University, I was in a directing scene at Playwrights Horizons mm -hmm. that that song underscored the ending. The whole scene was about people contracting AIDS, mm -hmm. and uh, we all had blood running out of our mouths wow. as the rose played wow. in the background. Wow, guys. Um, which, of course, is what happens to people that have AIDS. Yeah. They just constantly have now, mouths your parents, full of blood. Your parents did have to bribe somebody for you to get that education, right? <laughs> Correct, <laughs> yes. Education. Uh, my name, um, I'm actually stealing Randy Blair's joke from my Facebook. My name is Craig Skirbel. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've actually never seen The Rose either, although I, I'm embarrassed to tell you I do not love Bette Midler. Um, but um, I watched Being There because mm -hmm. Craig uh, recommended it to me. I've obviously seen Alien as well. Yeah. It's such a fun yeah. such a fun movie. I don't know if it's like a best picture situation. Right. Um, I actually watched Alien pretty recently and late into my life because I don't like scary movies. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. my, and my husband has made me watch some scary movies that are good. Yeah. Being There is fun. I like being there. Yeah. I feel, I feel like being there really resonates now. I don't know if you've ever seen being there, but it's about basically this like simple-minded gardener and every single that has lived within this. It's like a this, precursor to force gump. Sort of, in a way. I mean, he's basically lived in this like household in Washington, D.C. for his entire life and the old man dies and he has to like go out on his own and every single person he talks to kind of just takes what they want from his like very simplistic platitudes that mostly is just talking about gardening mm -hmm. and they all and television and like so he gets hit by a car that Shirley MacLaine is in and then goes home to her elderly husband who won Best Supporting Actor this year really uh huh uh, and he's like this kingmaker like businessman who like everything he's he's like yeah I get what you're saying and then Jack Warden who plays the president like quotes him like it's all just all this stuff that people are like Mm-hmm. Jerry knows my dad does not like anything that you were I know. Say. He does not like being there. She. Um, she does not. Sorry. You, you had me at gets hit by a car driven by Shirley <laughs> MacLaine. <laughs> sure, I'm in. See? Yeah. Shirley MacLaine, no. Shirley MacLaine has a extended masturbation sequence in this movie yeah. as well. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. This should have won yeah. this film. It's, it's pretty back. gay, I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um, but it's a good movie. Um, I don't think it was the best movie of the year, but I think... Of the other movies I watched, that's the one that I think would really be in the picture for me. Um, Alien's great. Um, I also watched Injustice for All, which I had never seen before, which is an Al Pacino movie, but it's sort of like this, I thought it was something completely different because the, the cover is like him standing at City Hall and I was like, oh, it's like a lawyer movie and he is a lawyer in it, but it's sort of like this gonzo, almost like at moments comedy. And it's really weird to see A, Al Pacino playing comedy um, he's sort of the straight man. Everyone around him is crazy. Like Jack Warden's also in Injustice for All, and he plays this judge who's consistently trying to kill himself. Um, it's a weird movie. He basically turned down Kramer versus Kramer to do it. And wow. the weirdest thing about that is the whole time I was watching Injustice for All, I was like, they should have gotten Dustin Hoffman for this movie. It's more of a Dustin Hoffman role than an Al Pacino role. Mm. Um, and I would then, not have liked to see Al Pacino, though. Like, Yeah. I mean, I'm just right. thinking again of him the last, you know, when he did... Yeah. Send of a woman, and he's yeah. like basically just schooling Chris although, O'Donnell about pussy. Yeah, although he, you know, was very close friends with John Cazal, so I'm sure he would have been much nicer to Meryl Streep on That's set. That's true. Um, the other movie from 1979 that I would like to talk about 
is Manhattan. Oh God. Ugh. Are we gonna do that for real? I just wanna go into it really quickly Ugh. because it is so crazy to watch Manhattan now. I given everything we know. It. I didn't re I did not rewatch it only because back when I was like in high school I loved Woody Allen. I mean, yeah. I still too. like yeah. there's some he's good a movies. Good writer. He's a I good mean, writer and a good filmmaker. Monster, but yeah. yeah. Manhattan was never one of my favorites though. It's sure. like a lesser Annie Hall. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. Um I did not it's so, I'm sure most people listening know this, but it's about him basically dating Mariel Hemingway, who's seven, her character's 17. The craziest, the two craziest things about this movie, A, is he seems to be the only person in the movie that thinks it's weird to dating a 17 year old. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that comments on it. Like everybody else in his life doesn't seem to have a problem with it at all. Um, And the other thing is rewatching it is he's dating this girl. He breaks up with her basically starts courting Diane Keaton and you're like, oh, thank God this movie course corrects into something. And then they break up and he goes back Back to to, the the 17 year old and it's like, no, don't go away to college. Stay here with me in New York, please. And the monologue he does for at the end is just yeesh magish. I don't know why he had to make, I don't, I mean, I guess I do, but I, yeah. I have an idea, an inkling of why he had to make this movie. Yeah. But I'm just like, this, it, it really, it, it's, it's a lesser Woody Allen before we realized that, that he would be so prolific that he would make a lot of movies that are not that great. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Curse of the Chase Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah. Win in Rome. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just want to mention that movie because, uh, yeah, it's a tough rewatch. Um, based on all the movies we've talked about, Todd, what should have won Best Picture in 1979? Kramer versus Kramer. It should have. <laughs> Deservedly so. Yeah. Yeah. Kramer versus Kramer. I, I agree. Kramer versus Kramer yeah. is my pick as well. Across the board. Yeah. Good work. Um, just kidding. I say Apocalypse Now. Oh my God. I would that fucking. That movie fucking owns. I would. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're such a bro. Yeah. Who thanks. just happens to have like a real encyclopedic knowledge of. <laughs> Early 80s, late 70s. <laughs> Musical Broadway. theater? Bob Fosse. <laughs> Listen, I wear many hats. Okay. Um, Todd, do you have a favorite movie of 2019? Absolutely not. I have not seen a single movie. That is not true. The, yeah, um, I saw, what is Todd it? and I saw Serenity, Serenity together. And that movie is insane. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've heard it's crazy. Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. and Anne Hathaway, the new Sally Field. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not, I mean, I guess by default, because I've seen like two movies, yeah. I saw Captain Marvel, which was not good. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think if there's what I love. I, I, I don't even know if I've seen another movie in theaters, but I'm sorry. I, Brie Larson and uh, Maddie and I kept saying, watching it, we kept being like, she's so good. Like, there's so many moments in the movie that are like, that she plays so well. And it's just a shame because it's not, it's just not a well, it's not well directed. Or See, that's interesting to me because Captain Marvel, I think, is actually my number one of the year right now. I also don't think it's a great movie. But um, I actually think, and I love Brie Larson, that she's not great for this movie and it is a good movie. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I think Ben Mendelsohn is incredible in the movie. Is he the one that is very clearly cannot speak through the mask, through his mask? Who's the guy that was the, 
He, but that's the part he plays. But Ben Mendelsohn just has a lisp in real life. No, so it just it feels you're... like his. I, I felt watching oh. it. I felt no, like no. It sounds just. It sounds was, just like him. Was moving. Have you I'm ever not, watched Ben Mendelsohn in another movie? I'm not talking about him talking. I'm talking about I could see the mask moving. It felt like. Oh, I, I think not, he's. I think he's great in the movie. I thought um, he was good. I think it's good. I think it's, it's not like very a. Funny. I think it's like a top third Marvel movie for me. Not for me. Not for me. Well, very long and complicated, and I didn't understand what was happening the first. It's two hours. It felt way longer. Did not understand the first, like, just felt joyless. Not a lot of jokes. Wanted there to be more jokes. Didn't do anything with the 90s bit. It was like, oh, and then when they, she landed in L.A. and I was like, great, we're going to get to see L.A. You know and then I was like, taking the train. What's more classic, <laughs> L.A.? But you, she's on the big set piece in L.A. on the train. Quick story, though. Uh, about a year and a half ago, there's a second-run movie theater right by my house. And I was going there to see something I missed in regular theaters. And there was a Blockbuster set up. And I was like, what the fuck? All the Blockbusters closed three years ago. I love Blockbuster. And then I looked down and I was like, oh, there's a Radio Shack next door. This is like a, a this must be for a movie set. Um, and then I saw Captain Marvel and I was like, oh, shit, it was for Captain Marvel. Because oh, they shoot so much in Atlanta, I would have assumed they would have just shot something like that in yeah. Atlanta. Um, it, no. In, in fact, I think they redressed the sizzler right there as um, the bar that she sees when she walks out because it has like the same red and green like oh, fluorescence. Did they not want to pay extras to speak in that movie? There's like no extras speak. There's a part where she's, the thing where she's on the train. Well, anyway, yeah. Guys, go see it. They didn't want to pay people, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but except for, uh, well, we'll talk off mic. Um, anyway, Captain Marvel, guys. Um, Todd, is there anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> nope. <laughs> what about your book? Uh, my tap show. Um, I wrote a book called How May We Hate You. It's available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Great title. Yeah. Thank you. Thank it's you. about Todd's time as a, um, I'm not going to... Concierge. A concierge. concierge at hotels in New York City. Oh my God. That's actually it's very tell juicy. Tell all you guys. Yeah. Tell oh, very juicy. It's very funny. Uh, Meg? Um, I don't know. Google me, bitch. Megan with two N's. And a G. And a G. And an E and an M. And an M. And an A. That's it. But you can put the, you can honestly put them in any order you want. Doesn't matter. It'll still come up. That's how famous I am. You can follow us on Instagram at the Oscar should have gone to, on Twitter at the Oscar should, or Facebook, although honestly I haven't been updating our Facebook basically at all. If you like the podcast, please rate and review us so we can get more listeners. Um, next time we're actually going to do something special. We're not doing another year. Uh, Megan and I are going to figure out how to get Glenn Close her ding dang Oscar. So we're going to look back at uh, the seven times she was nominated and when maybe she should have won. Yeah, that's fun. when yeah. should the Oscar have gone, gone to, to Glenn Close? Oh. Um, and we'll kind of also look back at '79 uh, through 2008 and some things that we figured out in the 30 years of. Uh, Oscars that we've gone back through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited for some Albert Knobs discussion. <laughs> it's it's in there. Meg's that. never seen it, so never it'll be seen a, it. Pretty pumped. Get yeah. ready. Um, thanks so much for listening, and uh, yeah, next time. Bye. 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 Bye.